Discover how video can help you achieve your sales and marketing goals. It all starts right here in Todd Hartley's Video Marketing Mastery. I'm joined right now by Marianne Pruitt. She's the CEO and president of Mosaic Media, and they're a collection of media buying experts and creative strategists who negotiate for purchasing and monitoring of advertising space and airtime. Marianne, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Todd. It's great to be on. You know, it's really, I think, a rather fascinating topic about media and media buying and how people have changed in the business world around this topic. How did COVID-19 change your business and how you approach media buying in the world that we're now living in? Yeah, it, the pandemic definitely changed not only what clients are doing as tactics, but also our consumer behavior and uh, what individuals, how they're consuming media. And then as brands, how do we reach how do we reach our target audience and go back to some back to basics on things of making sure that we know who we're targeting and how we're targeting them. Uh, the pandemic definitely changed overall. We saw brands at the very beginning screech and halt everything and change everything um, and panic. You know, at, at the beginning right there in spring of 2020, everybody was in panic mode and we saw a lot of people just stop everything. And actually the brands that were the most successful were the ones that ramped up and didn't stop everything and didn't pull all their paid. Uh, but then there were a lot that did because they just didn't know what their cash was going to be. They didn't know what investments they could still afford because nothing was predictable. Uh, but then the pandemic, as time went over and as, as it started to become a new normal, which is a horrible thing to say, but it did. And as we went into the fall and into fourth quarter of 2020, people were hopeful for a new 2021. Mm -hmm. People were hopeful of where we were going to go and started to really ramp up again. Um, now I know most branding agencies, most video company, most everybody is so busy and so swamped. It's the exact opposite of what it was in the spring of 2020. But a big piece of what we saw is not just how brands reacted, but how did our consumers react and behave? Yeah, it's really an interesting topic. So I own a marketing agency. We specialize in video marketing. And I noticed the uh, landscape changed immediately. Fortunately for me, I teach businesses how to sell remotely using video. So as everybody pivoted, somehow the good Lord blessed on me and they pivoted into my sweet spot, which is a really strange turn of events. Now, consumer behavior changed dramatically and specifically with media. How do you describe that change that has taken place over the last 18 months? So we really saw an adjustment in the consumption of media. Video went up. There's a lot of pieces that went up and significant podcasting is through the roof. Uh, it still yep. stayed high, uh, but generationally is actually probably the most fascinating piece that we saw that changed. So we saw now, if we think about it for the first time in American history, we have five working generations that have spending capabilities. It's not just spending influence now, it's spending capabilities. They have cash to spend. So those are five generations of of consumers that we have to find a way to make sure that we're reaching each one. I'm not going to reach my 77 year old, 77 year old father the same way I am my 16 year old son. So how, how do we do that? So what we saw actually in the consumer behavior shift and COVID really pushed us into this was we saw a shift of the older generation switching to digital platforms. They had nothing had pushed them right. further and faster into a digital platform than COVID. And we saw them all of a sudden, they, social was really important to them. 
uh, video consumption and our, our senior citizens and older adults and the traditionalists and the older baby boomers went through the roof. Um, and even podcasting went through the roof on that end. What we saw in the younger generation was also very interesting, especially the smaller the market you lived in. We saw them go back to traditional formats to get up-to-date information. They saw social as more killing time and they saw local radio and local TV telling them what happened in the world while they were asleep, which is so funny because to them, they thought, oh, this local news. Oh my goodness, this yeah. is brand new. This is something that I've never seen before. And at 20, 22 years old, oh my goodness, I'm, I am all about the local news. So they went back to traditional platforms where we saw our older generation actually go to the digital world. So it's an interesting blend and these habits that have changed. And we've seen these things actually stick around for the last 18 months. Yeah, it's rather, rather fascinating, right? Like our senior population did a six week transition that would have taken six years or exactly. maybe a decade and they did it overnight in order to get onto family birthday parties on Zoom and start to get themselves on social. Now, how do we build better digital experiences for our clients and their customers when we're trying to target people that are now in different different uh, digital platforms than we've ever targeted them before for that specific population. Like how does that, how do we do that? Well, and I think a, a key part is actually us going back to some basics that we lost. Um, we, during, before the pandemic, we were all about new tactics and what's sexy, what's new, what's the bell that, you know, I need to ring and this is what's gonna happen. And COVID really reminded us to go back to those basics of marketing. It's a, it's a fantastic ploy that we've always been doing, but go back to who we're targeting. So when we're building our clients' platforms and building our clients' media plans, how are we looking at what they're paid every dollar? How is it going? And where is it going to? But who are we targeting? And what are those KPIs we need to be going for? Um, it, it is going back to those basics with clients of what are your ultimate goals? Are you looking at increasing sales? Okay, if you're looking at increasing sales, Let's say, which demographic are we looking at increasing sales in? Okay, what are the behaviors of those demographics that we're trying to increase sales in? And we're getting down into the layer of the onion to be able to build it more and more. Uh, and then really building a plan that's not cookie cutter, but based around those tactics that are reaching who we need to be reaching. And the beauty is in today's world with digital, we can target those behaviors we can get into this now more of where I can, I can target job positions. I can target, you know, not only am I looking at the mom that's, you know, I can say a woman 25, 54, or I could say a 42 year old woman who has two kids that is driving a minivan that needs to go to soccer practice that is freaked out about the pandemic and her kids health. You know, like I can dig so much deeper into it mm -hmm. now. And that's the beauty of where we have uh, the traditional platforms are not gone to work then with the digital platforms. I think that's another piece that we as marketers, we need to remember that that we saw with the pandemic that traditional actually made a comeback and that we need to make sure that all of these layers are there. OK, I love the comeback part, especially as 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 um, audiences have shifted onto platforms and devices, but then as the pandemic started, people started also coming back to traditional programming, but the way they mm -hmm. were engaging with it was typically through an app or Apple TV or Hulu or, you know, all these different, these different um, networks that provide live programming and even on-demand programming, yep. you can easily target. 
Walk somebody through if they're hearing about this for the first time, the opportunities to actually go old school in the new school and take advantage of, of more affordable ad opportunities that like we've ever seen before. Yeah, so really, um, so going into specifically the cord cutting phase that we've gone through as a society and um, how are we consuming those local news formats, but then also how are we going back? Like you said, we're going back to actual traditional formatting, but we're looking at it in the streaming world. We're looking yeah. at it in Hulu. We're looking at, at various platforms, right? So how are we doing that? And how are we targeting our paid media to do that and be part of that? So OTT is one of those that you look at in the sense that now I can actually target behaviors in a format that is traditional television, but now it's streaming. And it's, I mean, OTT is over the top television. That is what OTT stands for. And if I look at it in that sense, it's people are, um, oh, like this is a novel concept. It's not, this is all, we're back to just targeting our demographic, but now I can target the behaviors that go along with my demographic and where I'm going. You know, my, my um, oldest son, he's studying Spanish and he's very excited about studying Spanish. And the other day he comes to me and he goes, mom, and he, he likes to search in Spanish on a regular basis, just so he could practice. He goes, mom, I was served a Spanish ad, an ad in Spanish. That means that they're catching my algorithms. Like he was so excited about it, but in their generation, that's cool. That is so neat. Like this is, they're seeing my habits where that is what we can do now. We can see, okay, what are your habits online? What right. are you doing online? Uh, but then back to the, what's the affordable options now with the traditional formatting is now I'm looking at CPMs as opposed to having to go just directly and buying it through the local TV station. I'm looking at it in a way of targeting who my individual audience is to then make this something to that is working for them on a budget that they can afford as opposed to just going broad. Um, right. You know, back in the day of TV, we would, you know, what are my, what are my GRPs? What am I, you know, how am I getting my frequency up? What am I doing to target it? And really we need to be looking at those traditional platforms of how do we target that and really pick it, not, not gunshot approach, pick who we're targeting. How are we going to use any traditional platforms to do that? And then how are we marrying that with the streaming and the OTT? The great thing is, is that in OTT, they can't skip the phone. They can't skip the ad. They have to watch the ad. It's a, right. it's a great, beautiful thing. It's, well, you know, you can't fast forward it. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, of over the top television. And what I'm particularly excited about as a marketer is something that I identify as an opportunity for high repetition and top of mind marketing. And what I'm seeing is high rotation on the same ads because maybe the inventory isn't as filled up and there are, I'm guessing from my end as a viewer, the reason I'm seeing the same ad 10 times and my wife and I are goofing on the ads because they keep popping up is because is um, my, my assessment is that a lot of advertisers have gone to other platforms and people are taking advantage of lower cost ads that are able to target me. Am I, am I assessing this properly? Well, and they're also targeting you. So it means that somebody has the data that is you're the right demographic of what they're targeting. You're getting oh, it multiple times because of that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know it. So you've got that side of it. But the other thing, I'm going to go back to this of the quality. And this is getting really kind of in the weeds in the digital space. But the quality of CPM that you're buying. 
Okay. So if you are, if there, I get, we get a lot of companies and clients that are like, oh, but that low CPM, I can get it for $3. I can get it for $2. You are buying bots and adult websites. That is what you are buying. If you are going lower and lowering your CPMs, going in a quality CPM of actually targeting your audience is where you need to go. OTT is part of that. OTT is finding that quality. Well, my CPM is going to be a little higher, but my targeting is going to be better. And then if I'm going to take that and compare it to other traditional platforms, my CPM and my, what I'm actually paying isn't that much more. I'm actually getting more out of it. And there's so many other things that you can do to track it. And there's so many other things that you can do with those ads. So yeah, your assessment's a little bit right, but at the same time, the targeting's right because they're targeting you. And at the end of the day, are we remembering the ad? You may be, the frequency is there, but the inventory portion of it, I do think there's a lot more opportunity for people to be looking at OTT more than they are. And that's that's another piece that it's, don't, don't dismiss OTT. OTT is actually something that we really do need to be using more. It's the video, video works. It does work. You know that video works and visually it connects to people. So, you know, we do a lot of in-stream and midstream and those, and that works too, but the OTT side of it, yeah, it's a little higher in your CPM, but it's a quality of what you're getting. Like you said, you're seeing the same ad. Well, it's because it's targeted to you. And I've, it's ironic to me because as a business owner, I've always selected higher quality items. As a consumer, I'm always selecting a higher quality experience. If it's a restaurant, a bottle of wine, an article of clothing. And yet a lot of, a lot of um, business leaders forget that when they circle back into their ads and they think about quantity over quality and can't figure out why the conversion is there. Now you brought your, I, I love this topic. I'm a nerd for it. I want to spend a few moments talking about first party data. Yes. And, um, I'm, but I really want to talk about first, if you wouldn't mind for the audience, cause I think part of our unique value is we keep everything on a level that people can understand, understand and digest. Yeah. Right. So yep. do, do the audience a favor, define first party data and third party data. But then the real question is how important is first party data is third-party data and cookies are starting to go away. Why do we have to start becoming yeah. obsessed about first-party data? So first-party data is data that you own on your consumer and your target consumer. And third-party data is data that others own. So different platforms and what you're targeting. And in the programmatic space, we, we've we used a lot of third-party data. And frankly, for years, this, again, I'm going to say this, we're going back to basics. We can't ignore the fact of what we've known for 20 years in branding and in, and in media and in anything advertising. Our consumer, the more data we as brands can collect, the better and the quality because now we have the tools to target them. So we're able to take that first party data and target them. We also have tactics to be able to collect that first party data. And I think it's really important, you know, it, we look at you know cookies going away and privacy settings changing and that's scary and that as brands we get really worried about it right we get all worked up and we're very you know we saw a huge shift of consumers that we couldn't target all of a sudden where we got very used to being able to target it and right. frankly i don't think that's going to change i think it's going to become stricter and stricter as legislation will start looking at that and how uh, you know we're going to start seeing broader and broader changes within this market of third-party data collection. Are are you saying that because we kind of just left the wild wild west era, and now we're starting to be more civilized and yes. 
Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So with, with digital, it is, we're, we're still wild, wild west in a way, but now we are trying, we're mandating what we can do in the wild, wild west. So, you know, we're, we're gold rush era where government's coming in kind of a thing, you know, and that's, yep. that's kind of the assessment of where we are, where in the programmatic space and you, there were ways around things, or there were ways to do things within data formats that you could target that now that third party data and those behavior targetings are shifting. So now we have to look at, okay, me as a brand, what am I doing to collect my own data on individuals that either come into my storefront or individuals that are online shopping? How do I tag them back? How do I retarget them? How do I not only invite them in, but now then how am I collecting that data on them individually? So then I can't, I own this data and now I'm able to then take it to then market it back out. So it's very important to not just be dependent on formats for data. For the last 10 years, we've been dependent on formats and others collecting our data. And now it's, and frankly, it's nothing new. I mean, when we were just storefronts before the internet, let's think of that. We, yeah. we would collect phone numbers. We would, you know, collect things. Then it started to get to emails. Then it started to get, you know, okay, you come in and you still big box stores and big brands do this, whether you're, whether you're fortune 100 or whether you're small, you need to be collecting this data and you really need to take it. It actually needs to be a concerted effort and using that into your ad buys. All right, so let's add massive value. I know you've already been, but let's take it one step further. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about collecting first party data, what would be um, the four pieces of data that would be essential for a business to start gathering on their customers? So a big piece, and it's specifically into the digital space, um, actually is email. Email is still something to collect. And it's a, I would say that's number one. Those are things, your email now is collected, is connected to your IP. It's connected to anything around you. And it's very important. Um, So that, I would actually say that's your number one. Um, Demographics are actually important. I know people would say, okay, I want the individual's name. I want their phone number. I want those pieces. I actually want behavioral targeting. What is important to you as a consumer? So then I know how to push an ad to you specifically. So if I'm collecting, let's, you know, if I am looking at a, like, I'm going to go back to the woman that's 42 years old that maybe is looking for a new car or looking for, you know, let's just go down that route of a new vehicle. Okay. So what's important to her? Does she want a third row? Does she want to be able to have, does it need to be comfortable? Does it, that's data that I actually would like so that I'm serving a picture to her that is what she wants as opposed to just worrying about the individual information. So as a car dealership, Mm -hmm. understanding not only their, knowing their email address and then what they're looking for, like Mm -hmm. you just mentioned the third row is an essential piece of data so you can start serving up hyper relevant content To to her that's intimate and personal and solves her pain and her frustrations. And before you know it, now you've got a hook with a, um, you know, with some bait on it that they're able to nibble on. Exactly. So it's, and you know what, sure. Would we want to know that, you know, her name's Mary Ann and this is her email address and this is where she's got. Yes. But the email portion of it, we can target so many things with, without needing her name. But knowing her age, knowing where what is important to her, so we're serving ads that are important to her. So we're actually getting consumer targeting 
back into our own hands and into our own data. And I will say this, when you're collecting your own data, it's very, very, very important that you talk to your insurance company and various things. Once you start collecting and keeping your own data as a brand, make sure that you are uh, keep doing the things that you need to do to keep it safe. Okay. Explain why. That's a <laughs> real, right. I mean, that's just, a good just I just spread out a wide net and then it's like, bye, we'll see right. you. No, um, because it, it's individual information. So you are actually now the individual holding that. So part of the reason why we've seen uh, third party data be so popular is because we as brands didn't have to hold on to it. We didn't have to hold that uh, liability potential of hacks or various things. That's the other thing that comes with the internet now is things get hacked and things get stolen. That way, fun thing, right? <laughs> so it's very important that you, if you're collecting first party data, first party data, that you are actually setting up the things to protect you and your brand, and make sure that you are doing the things to just to make sure that that it's protected for your liability, and make sure you have the insurance around it, make sure that you've set up everything correctly. Uh, so that you're not getting those, those firewalls are protecting it. So an insurance provider that specializes in business should be able to yeah. guide you through that question. Yes, absolutely. They are going to ask you a lot of questions of how you're protecting the information. So make sure that you have it protected, make sure that you have it in formats that you can do that. And if, and frankly, don't go down the path of collecting data unless you're ready to protect it. Oh yeah. That's a really good point, right? Then yeah. you open yourself up tremendously. Yeah, you do. And there's the liability and whether you're small or whether you're huge, it doesn't matter. There's that liability potential. Yeah. yeah. She's Marianne Pruitt. She's the CEO and president of Mosaic Media. Marianne, where can people go to find out more about you? Yeah, at mosaic.agency forward slash contact. There's a form there. You can, it comes directly to my email. Beautiful. Marianne, you're so nerdy about this topic. It's so much fun to talk <laughs> Isn't with Isn't it fun? I love yeah. being a nerd. I tell my kids all the time, nerds make great adults. So I love they, it. <laughs> they really do. Hey, quick, quick question in closing, Marianne. How did you stumble in to uh, being a buying expert? Like how did that happen in your life? I actually started as a graphic designer in high school and early college and of all things. And I fell into TV. And that's where I started. So my my um, undergrad was actually in economics and marketing. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that's where I started to stumble into the buying side because the statistical, my emphasis in economics was the statistical data. And that's what media is, is all statistical data. And it's a bunch of nerdy numbers coming together to build a plan. And it's the most amazing, fun thing to do is work in numbers all day. Uh, so that's that's what I love to do. So starting from the design and landing in TV and eventually working in radio and then starting the firm. So it's uh, media just became my love and my passion yeah. and I love doing it. It's so cool. And the deeper you get into it, the answers to your decisions will always be inside of your analytics. The decisions will be in your data. And when you find somebody like Marianne that is a nerd for the data, she can help you understand how to target people. Marianne Pruitt, thanks for joining me on the Toddcast. Thanks, Todd.